Hoop 7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock. Goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground. It's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. We missed out. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Count the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out. Feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis, pull up jumper! Cody Ellis, bang! Cody Ellis, can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis! Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Okay, hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, a special bonus episode. Saturday night at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre is going to be such a big night for both the Adelaide 36ers and the Perth Wildcats that we thought we just had to do a bonus episode. So I'm Chris Pike, but I'm joined by Cody Ellis, my regular co-host, and also the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer, Scott Ninnis, to chat about it all. Firstly, Cody, how are you holding up this week? And very quick thoughts. What did you make of the two games that we saw last night that we always knew were going to be very important, especially for Adelaide and Perth. Yeah, doing good, mate. Doing good. And uh, look, it was um, how we thought it would go. So a um, couple of big games and look, a bit better from a, from a couple of the teams. But um, yeah, look, still still lots need to be changed uh, from uh, from some certain positions, unfortunately, for, for some of them. But, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you were spot on about the Jack Jumpers beating the Wildcats. So we'll chat a bit more about that. But Scott, how do we find you? And thanks very much for joining us. Mate, we're very excited here in Adelaide Town mm. at the moment. Those uh, dirty wildcats are coming to town tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> it's always, you know, that rivalry dates back a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, been on the wrong side of a couple of those losses. Well, a couple of those losses, a, a lot of those losses over the years. So it's uh, it's obviously a really important game for both teams. And uh, I guess the 36ers did what they, what they had to do last night and were expected to do, but... Yeah, obviously there's some alarming signs for the Wildcats, and it's uh, sh- yeah, it should be a cracking game. It's uh, there's only a thousand seats left, and that that was this morning, so it's going to probably be the biggest crowd uh, the 36 have ever had in their history. So uh, very exciting. What did what did you make of last night from a 36's point of view, Scott, in the win over the Illawarra Hawks? And and I guess we can't ignore the fact that the team looked bloody good without Craig Randall running the the show, unfortunately, because Daniel Johnson and and Robert Franks, as we talked about on the show this week, Cody had an absolute field day. You said that, I didn't say that. So, uh, but it, it, I guess what you saw from the 36ers last night was probably probably more what I expected at the start of the year that, that Robert Franks and, and uh, Daniel Johnson would be the focal points of the offense, and, and I think that's a really important thing. The ball movement uh, was great; it didn't stick in hands last night, and it seemed to me that they knew. You know, they knew what they were trying to do and where the shots were coming from. Uh, so it'd be interesting now you throw Randall back into that mix if it, if it upsets the apple cart. But, you know, there's still a work in progress, but it's, it's obviously important to get these wins early on in the season. Well, let's have a look at Robert Franks and Daniel Johnson. Last night, between them, 53 points, and their shooting was unbelievable. 22 out of 27 from the field, 13 rebounds between them, 8 assists between them. 
it was an incredibly dominant performance from the two big guys. And, and I guess it's impossible to avoid the question, would that have happened if Craig Randall was playing? Well, for starters, you wouldn't think those blokes had passed the eight times between them in a game of basketball, especially DJ. Uh, but, well, I don't think it would have happened with Randall because it's a, it's a different dynamic. You, you know, you, you take your leading scorer out of the team and, and the shots have to come from somewhere else. So, no, I, I don't think it would have happened. I think it's probably, as far as long term, I think it's probably a, a good thing that he missed the game because I think it probably show them a way forward as, as to what they need to do and what, what needs to be the focal points. And, and Randall needs to integrate into that. And he's, he's obviously too good a scorer you know, to, to not get his shots. But what it showed from a ball movement and, and you know, trying to exploit mismatches, uh, you know, they did a lot of that well. Now, you know, still wasn't a, you know, still probably wasn't a game for the ages. And, and let's face it, Illawarra just aren't very good at the moment either. So... Um, but I think it showed him a way forward, and, and hopefully, once you sort of throw Randall back into the mix, you know we can find a happy medium there going forward. Well, what did you make of last night, Cody? And got anything you want to fire towards Scott about how the Thirty Sixers are, are travelling? Yeah, look, I I think Scott nailed it on the head. You know, I think it's um, it was certainly a, an interesting one because you know, like you saw, you saw Franks as the focal point especially early in the game. It looked like they were trying to go to him every single time down the court. And his little talk with the um, in the interview after was was solely around that. You know, they knew that they had a mismatch down there, which was which was really good to see. And then DJ being DJ again. You know, we, we didn't think DJ would be held to single digits all, all season. So that was always bound to happen. But just for you, Scott, do you reckon that with Randall coming back into the lineup now, do you think he kind of sees that and starts to move the ball a bit better? <laughs> I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it's 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 a really they're in a really interesting situation at the moment. You know, obviously coming off those NBA games where you know, you know Randall and Frank, or Randall in particular, played so well, and, and obviously you know garner that NBA interest. And, and the Randall's only young; it's only his second year out of, out of college, and, yeah. and I think you know there's there's obviously going to be those NBA aspirations now. You know, to to to, to attract that. Yeah, you've got to be putting the ball in the basket because that's what he's known for. So, well, I just hope that he does let the ball, let it come to him. And he did that in a couple of the games that we have won. You know, he's, he's looked for others in the first half and, and penetrated and, you know, passed the ball and got some assists and let the game come to him. And then in the fourth quarter, when his opportunity came to shine, he's just taken over. So that Randall, to me, is, is the one that can make this 36 team very, very dangerous when you've got a guy that in a space of, two or three minutes can basically just win you the game. So I, I think there were, you know, there certainly are a work in progress. So I think there's, you know, when I look at all the teams you know, around the league and we've seen seen a lot of them for a couple of years now, I think Adelaide still have the most room for improvement out of probably just about any team with the talent they've got. And they haven't, you know, there hasn't been, you know, a lot of games where they've played particularly well, but they've still managed to eke out some wins. But uh, once again, you know, they've got to be facing a desperate team tomorrow night and, uh, you know, Perth, Perth have just got to start winning games. Let's, let's, let's be honest about that. And, uh, you know, we, we know from history that no matter where these two teams are on the ladder, one could be top, one could be bottom. It's, it's always going to be a two-point game that normally the 36ers lose. So let's, let's hope that <laughs> changes tomorrow night. But, yeah, certainly expecting, you know, if both these teams don't come out, you know, like full of energy and treat it like it's their last game, I'd be very surprised. Definitely. What um what are you what are your thoughts on them defensively? Because if you look at their roster, 
I reckon they've got one of the most potent defensive units that any team puts on the floor, but they seem to be struggling to stop people right now. Is that because they've got all that firepower? They just kind of Golden State and just trying to outscore you? Oh, there's, there's no way addressing that. They've been awful defensively. And, yeah. You know, giving up, you know, more points than any, any team in the competition. And that, like you said, that just shouldn't happen. I mean, you. You know, and in Cleveland, you've got the reigning defensive player of the year. You've got Sunday Detch, who I couldn't understand how he hasn't been in the top three defenders, mm-hmm. you know, the last two years. Yeah. And you've got Mitch McCarron, who's, who's a tough defender. So you've got, you've got three guys on the court who probably three of the top six or seven defenders in the whole of the competition. Yeah. So it, it has been a little baffling that they haven't been, uh, you know, better defensively. And that, that is certainly something they're going to address because, you know, you just can't outshoot people every game, you know. And we've, we've seen that, you know, when the shots are hitting, you know, we, we, we look good and we win games. But when that's not happening, and, and as we all know, when you get further into the year into the playoffs, you, you know, you're not probably not going to have 120 to 110 games. Your defense is going to be what has to be. Yep. So, so, yeah, that's, um, that, that's something that they, they definitely need to address and get better at. Now, before we get on to the Wildcats, Scott, I want to throw an interesting little dilemma at you or to get your thoughts on something to do with the 36ers and it's about Craig Randall um should the 36ers persist with him because right now the reigning MVP of the league is now out of a job and looking for a new home Jalen Adams to me he looks like he, he would be an amazing fit on this 36ers team if they were willing to make that sort of a move what do you think well, you do know I get paid by the 36ers, don't you? you, 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 you really, you're, not, you're not expecting me to, to, to answer that question. <laughs> I, I, look, I, it is an interesting one. I, I think that, you, you know, you, you've seen the ups and downs that, that, that the entire team's had so far. And, and Randall is, at his best, is, you know, is, is a game changer. And, you know, but we've also seen, you know, at times, you know, they haven't looked at co- cohesive uh, unit. Oh, look, I... I would like them to, you know, this this is a team that we've we've sort of put on the floor. You know, I don't know what happens behind the scenes, and I'm, I'm more than willing for other people to sort of, uh, you know, make those decisions. But it's a, it's it's got to be a tough one. I think, you know, Jalen Adams, I mean, we saw what he could do last year. It's just, uh, you know, just incredible. But I, I'd be surprised if they if they make a move, I think it, um, you know, CJ's got, you know, has got the team that, that he wanted to put on the floor. And, and once again, it certainly is a work in progress. There's no doubt about that. I don't think anyone would tell you anything different. But uh, oh, look, I'd be surprised if they made a move at this stage. In the in the bigger picture, should somebody make the move for Jalen? Does he belong back in the NBL somewhere if someone can make it work? Absolutely they does. If they, if they could afford him. I mean, there's... Uh, yeah. There's a, lot, there's a lot of teams. I mean, there's probably every team would love to have him. Uh, no, unquestionably. You know, and, and, you know, you know what you're getting to. And I, I think that's what I, you know, what I liked about the Sixers, you know, picking up Leland and, and Frank this year is, you know, you, you've seen them. They, you know, they've obviously, uh, you know, settled into the country. They, you know, they, they play at a top level. And I, I like getting, you know, something that you, you know what you're getting. So, uh, oh, absolutely. I, I'd be surprised if there's not teams that haven't reached out to him already. But um, I guess, you know, price will come into play. But, you know, all of a sudden, it's, if he's, you know, looking to get a job quickly in a, in a league that he knows he does well in, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if there's not been multiple teams to the process. Though. Talk about the Perth Wildcats, Scott. You've always talked about how they always find a way. You're never willing to predict against them. You're never willing to bet against them because you've spent a lifetime in the NBL seeing them 
seeing them win and seeing them break your heart. But right now, they're in a hell of a hole, and I don't know if there's any easy fixes for them. They've lost nine of their last 13 games at home. It's no longer a fortress at RAC Arena. They've lost five games in a row for the first time since 2005. And, gee, they're in a world of hurt. What do you what do you make of what's happening with, with your old, old rivals? Well, you know, like from the outside looking in, it does look like that they've, you know, they've got old quick, you know, like <laughs> Mitch Norton's not the player he's been, you know, you know Wagstaff's obviously getting on, you know, Webster, uh, you know, hasn't been able to do what, what we know he can do on a, on a regular basis and so on. Well, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think they probably, uh, they probably need to, uh, you know, I probably can say it about the Wildcats because mm. I don't get paid by them, but um, <laughs> I think they probably need to make a move import-wise. You know, it just, just hasn't, you know, as we know, it's just not happening at the moment. We know, you know, we know the Wildcats uh, fans and, and Faithful uh, are used to success and um, it's just not happening at the moment. And, uh, well, it's, it's been a baptism of fire for, for my old uh, running mate, John Reilly, and um, I'm sure he'd be, uh, you know, he'd be nervous about, you know, the way, the position they're in at the moment. But, you know, hopefully they can uh, get it back on track. You know, the, the league's better when the Wildcats up and running. Uh, let's just hope that it's, it's next week, not tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think, it, like we talked about on the show this week, Cody, that unless Brady Manick was able to do something remarkable this week, that we feel like they just have to make the move on him because they can't persist with him the way the team's struggling. And unfortunately, he didn't have a great game again last night. Eight points, only the one rebound, played less than 14 minutes. There's probably not, not much more we need to say except that the move now seems inevitable. But you might have a good a good option that they might be able to look at, and it's a guy that Scott would be pretty familiar with. Yeah, so, um, look, he obviously didn't have a great game last night. But, um, yeah, I mean, watching that second half, really, the only time that I remember him being in was in that last two minutes when the game was pretty much already over. So, look, that's not a great sign. Um, But just reading that uh, Jacob Wiley has been released from his team, I think it was in Japan. So, look, I think a guy like that who is all about energy would be a perfect fit for them and he's that perfect spot to to take over. But, yeah, look, I I think uh, that would certainly be an option if if they were looking to do something like that. What do you remember of... What do you remember of Jacob from his time in Adelaide, Scott? So it's, uh, Cody yeah. said the word energy. The guy that, that's up and about is is, is emotional. He's, he's uh, <laughs> oh, I think that that that's exactly the type of player that could uh, give a good real shot in the arm for the for the Wildcats. Oh, I'm not certain that he's he's the uh, you know answer long term. You know, over, over a number of years, but you know, someone could come in and. and yeah, really give you a shot in the arm straight away, um, and and has openly openly said that he, you know, wants to come back to Australia. Um, oh, I think that that would be a great situation. You're right; they they just have to make a change, and it's a uh, it's a shame because I, I yeah, well, we, we certainly expected better, but it just hasn't happened, and, and sometimes that's the case. But um, uh, look, you know, to only play 14 minutes is <laughs> sort of indicative that. You're Probably not going to be around for much longer, unfortunately. But uh, as we all know, that that's the nature of the beast. That's uh, that's what happens. It's uh, you know, it's a cutthroat sport. But um, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens in the next uh, next couple of weeks. Just touching on last night, Scott, with the Wildcats. I mean, they they played pretty well for the first half, especially against the Jack Jumpers. Bryce Cotton obviously had a big first half, but he just couldn't keep it going. And again, probably they need Corey Webster and Todd Blanchfield to be their second and third scorers, really. And Combined, they they went for 
for only only four points last night, and they shot a combined one of nine from the field. And again, they were out-rebounded badly. They lost the rebound count by 16, only had five offensive rebounds for the night. All those things just point to a lack of energy, don't they? Oh, look, I, I'm stunned. I mean, I just, it's just hard to believe it. And look, take nothing away from the deck jumpers because they, they came in and kicked our ass as well. Yeah. But, you know, when you, when you look at, you know, all you really need to do, actually, no, I was going to say it was going to be too simplistic. I was going to say all you really need to do is match the jack jumpers for energy. <laughs> it, is, it is more than that because they're, you know, they back each other up. They're so well drilled. Mm. You know, defensively, they're, you know, they're showing recovers and rotations is, you know what you'd what you'd love to have a team could do, and and the way they move the ball offensively. But you know, once again, if you go through them player for player, you know, there's, there's not too many of those guys that would make the Adelaide Thirty Sixers or the Perth Wildcats. So it just shows you what you can do with, you know, just a fierce desire, you know, a belief in each other, and, and what you can do. But I, you know, I, I can't just believe that. You know, all those Wildcat guys are suddenly too old and can't play anymore. It just, it just. You know that that's just not not possible now. You know whether there's you know a couple of guys you know carrying injuries and 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 Norton looks to me like he he might be, um, but it's just it's just too much to think that all of a sudden you know these six guys are washed up and can't play anymore. <laughs> like it's just it's just something that's just not right. And, and once again, there's there's no excuse not to play hard. You know, like to come out. You know, if you play hard and you lose. You can accept defeat, you know, but when you're when you're getting beaten in the effort areas, you know, on a regular basis, it's been, you know, there's got to be questions. And to me, that's that, you know, I know the coach is always going to get the, the blame, but you know, the players got to have a look at themselves and, uh, you know, just say, you know, right from now, on, you know, this next play, we're not getting scored on. You know, if someone drives down the lane, we're going to knock them on their ass and make them make free throws. Got to be a line in the sand where. You take some responsibility as a group, and uh, you know, make sure that you're not you don't get beaten at home. And we've 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 got beaten twice at home by the Jack Jumpers and the New Zealand Breakers, and and it, and it hasn't been close. And, mm. and you know, no no one wants to see that at home. That shouldn't happen. And uh, you know, I'd I'd expect you know the like of the Wildcats worry me tomorrow night because you got guys playing for their careers. You've got, you know, you're digging yourself a hole. You know, I'd expect them to come out uh, really fired up tomorrow night. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's very odd to see the Cats the way they are right now and especially when, uh, you know, when, when JR got appointed head coach at the, at the start of the season, he preached defence, he preached rebounding and they're two areas that they've just really, really struggled. Which I mean is all effort and desire, really. Um, it's there's not a whole lot of skill involved in those two things. So yeah, it's it's very odd to see a, a Cats team like this. But look, I do expect them to to come out firing, especially against uh, especially against you boys tomorrow, Scott. But uh, that should be a, a cracker of a game. It is. It's, it's the it's the effort areas. You know, you like you're 100 right, and uh, I think it's I think it's quite funny, and I and I, and I can't take myself out of this equation that. Uh, John really and myself, who uh, you know were such ruthless defenders, said nobody ever you know have been, have been have been coaches who preach defense. I think it's certainly a matter of that. Do as I say, not as what I used to do. But yeah, uh, I, look, I, I, I honestly, and I, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's hard to see Perth winning here tomorrow night. It's just on you know the Sixers should have too much firepower for them, and even though they're not. You know they're not firing in all cylinders. It's um, it's hard to see where Perth are going to you know get that win from. But as I said before, you know this is 
that goes out the window when the Wildcats play the Sixers. It, it is always a cracking game. And, and as I said, it's going to be a huge crowd. And it, yeah, everyone's very excited to, uh, you know, to see that rivalry continue. I think the other thing working against the Wildcats is the fact that, gee, the 36ers just need to play well at home. I mean, you talk about those two games. They lost to the Jack Jumpers by 25 points and then last week to the to the Breakers by 29 points. Those those have been two horrible performances at home. They, they just need to play well at home. And that is another reason why the Wildcats are going to find it find it really tough because the 36ers are going to have plenty of motivation. Well, you do. You're right. You've got to take take care of home court. I mean, it's just got to be one of those non-negotiables. You win most of your games at home. It makes it a lot easier for you when you do have to travel. And, uh, you know, I know, I know the first uh, you know, the first year when I when I coached, I think we were oh, something like 12-3 and three at home and 3-12 and 12 on the road. You know, like we were awful on the road. But, you know, taking care of your home court, you know, you make the finals. It allows you for those you know, those downtimes. And it's uh, it's been such a weird year across across a whole NBL year this year with away teams winning as much as what they had. But, you know, once again, if you're fair thinking, you know, there's no excuse to, you know, not playing at home. You get to shoot on those courts from time to time. You're at home. You sleep in your own bed. You, you just have to take take care. I think if you're going to be a legitimate contender, you know, you do need to win the majority of home games. So, uh, once again, as I said, Adelaide have had a, had a couple of sinkers here. And I'd expect that to change from tomorrow night and, and hopefully going forward it's the same. A big reason why I, I find it really hard to see any way for the Wildcats to win is that if Franks and Johnson are involved anywhere near the same degree they were against the Hawks, that they just can't stop them. I mean, Brady Manick has to match up one of, on one of those two. Jesse Wagstaff has to guard one of those two. And I don't think they ever have a way to stop them. If you're Adelaide, you just have to get the ball to those two as much as you can. Well, the beauty of those two is you've got two guys that can stretch the floor as well. You know, Daniel Johnson, I, I you know, I, I think is probably, when you talk about big guys, quite possibly the best big guy shooter in, in NBL history. And I, I don't say that lightly. And, you know, you can show up Daniel Kickett and, and obviously Anstey was a pretty handy perimeter shooter. But, but DJ's just been doing that for 15 years. And it's just, yeah, just, and, and Frank's obviously can shoot the ball as well. But it has to be an interior presence. And I think that, that's the key to any any team. You've got to establish yourself inside first, and that's what I liked about um, liked about the game last night. Is you know, as you said, they were looking for Frank every time down the floor, and, and you know, like I, the good teams, you need to establish an inside presence. And I, you know, I go back to a hundred years ago when I was playing the Southeast Melbourne Magic, and you know, we had guys like Robert Rose and Darren Lucas and Bruce Bolden, and you know, incredible players, and, and we won a championship, but. We had a guy called John Dodge who was seven foot who averaged 10 points a game, but eight of those points were in the first quarter. You know, like we, we just went to him. We went to him the first three or four plays just to establish that interior presence, and then it opens it up for your perimeter guys. So I, I love that Adelaide tried to do that last night, and um, I'm sure that'll be a, you know, a fair topic of conversation about how they want to play the game tomorrow night as well. Before we wrap it up, Scott, after all the pain that the Wildcats have inflicted on your 36ers over the years, how satisfying would it be tomorrow night to hand them a sixth straight loss and to heap some more pain on, on them? Oh, look, I'm not bitter and twisted anymore, mate. Like, it's, you know, it was 12 years ago since I got the sack from my head coaching role. You know, like, I'm, I'm pretty good now. Look, I, I was actually disappointed the Wildcats didn't make the finals last year. And that, I know that. People will find that hard to believe, especially anyone that lives in Adelaide. But I, I just think they've just 
had such an incredible history of success and, you know, had that three, 35 years or whatever it was. Oh, I just think it's astonishing and they're a, they're a credit to the credit to the, themselves and, and they're a benchmark for the whole competition. And, and you know, I, I know when I was back before I started, well, when I was just a coach here, you know, I used to speak to people in our organisation and just say, just go, just do what the Wildcats do. Mm-hmm. You know, follow their template, go over and spend some days with them and just see what they do because, you know, they they, they contend every year. And uh, I, I've actually been disappointed. And, you know, like I said, I, mean, I, I like... I like JR, like he's played the championship with him back in 1998 and yeah, I want him to be successful. So Lee, don't get me wrong, I want us to win tomorrow night. <laughs> really, yeah, I feel sorry the way they're going and uh, hopefully they can turn around soon. Any last thoughts for, for Scott, Cody? No, man, I'm pretty, pretty much covered everything, I think. No, very good. Thanks very much for joining us, Scott. We'll be back next week to chat to you about our Galen Award winner with, for the best team man, but... More than anything, I think you're going to have a great time tomorrow night, so enjoy it. No problems, boys. Uh, thanks as usual, and uh, yeah, catch up soon. No, thanks, Cody. Thanks, Scott. We'll be back next week with another episode.